This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, January 25th. You're listening to WMBF. People could be moving into several dozen new apartments in Tioga County in the next few weeks. The 93-unit Owego Square Complex is located off Route 434 on the south side of the village. The site is just east of the Court Street Bridge. The project is being developed by Home Leasing of Rochester, which received about $13 million in financing from New York State. The new apartment building was constructed near the Owego Gardens Complex. That 62-unit project opened in January 2017. Home leasing representatives won't discuss any opening target date or any other details about the Owego Square Apartments, but the first residents are expected to move in during February or March. Although major construction activity is concluded at the complex, work has been continuing to address minor issues. A housing lottery for Owego Square was conducted last April. The complex includes one-bedroom, two-bedroom, and three-bedroom apartments. Home Leasing's website describes the new units as affordable apartments. Most of them will be allocated to people who meet the resident selection criteria for low-income tax credit housing. SUNY Broom Community College President Kevin Drum says work continues to develop a plan to better integrate the school's operations with Binghamton University. Drum said he expects there will be a greater collaboration between the university and SUNY Broom Admissions Office. In a WMBF News interview, Drum said athletics would always be separate. They have to be. He added that the actual formal governance have to be separate because that's all required by accreditation and state education law. Drum said the talks of any kind of merger aren't realistic, so it's unfortunate that got out in the news. The SUNY Broom president was asked about the long-term prospect of the community college actually merging with Binghamton University. He said there's a remote possibility, but it isn't likely. He said it's not necessary to achieve what we'd like to achieve. Drum said a merger would be a heavy lift. He said changing the laws in Albany to do that would be substantial and might not ever happen if anybody was even interested in that at some point down the road. Drum said he and Binghamton University President Harvey Stenger met with John King, the new SUNY chancellor, a few days ago to discuss the concept of closer collaboration between the schools. Drum said he doesn't expect any formal announcements about new arrangements between SUNY Broom and the university in the foreseeable future during my tenure, most likely. Drum last spring announced he planned to retire as SUNY Broom president this year. He's served in the post since February 2010. He said his actual retirement date will depend on when a successor is chosen and is able to begin work. Mayor Jared Cram on Tuesday announced a pilot program making Blue City garbage bags available for online purchase and delivery through Amazon. Blue bags remain for sale at local grocery stores, pharmacies, and City Hall. Mayor Cram said Binghamton residents now have the option to buy city garbage bags in bulk online and have them delivered to their front door. It's a small but meaningful way we're improving city services for residents, especially those who have difficulty leaving home and bringing local government into the 21st century. Thanks to the team at Waste Zero for working with City Hall to make an important city service more accessible and convenient. Residents can order 20 large city garbage bags through Amazon for $33.60. Delivery is free. Waste Zero, the city's blue bag vendor, works with more than 400 communities nationwide on refuse collection. The company's pay-as-you-throw trash program, like the one used in Binghamton, aims to reduce municipal solid waste and increase recycling. Binghamton is the first municipality to offer online purchasing of Waste Zero bags to residents. 
In Broome County Court, Mitchell McCormus, age 40 of Binghamton, was sentenced to one and a half to three years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted criminal possession of stolen property in the third degree. McComas admitted that on January 31st, he drove a 2020 Ford F-150 truck stolen from Halstead, Pennsylvania to Best Buy in Vestal. He entered the store and stole a television valued over $300. An investigation led Vestal police to a residence in Binghamton where McComas was arrested. McComas was previously convicted of grand larceny in the fourth degree in 2018 in Broome County. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said rather than be a productive citizen, this defendant repeatedly chooses to steal property from others. McComas must now be held accountable for his criminal behavior. William Maybank, age 56, of New York City, was sentenced to 39 months in federal prison for robbing a key bank location in Utica, New York. In previously pleading guilty, Maybank admitted that in August 2019, he robbed a key bank branch in Utica, New York, by pointing an apparent revolver at bank employees and a bank customer in two cubicles outside the teller counter. He then jumped to the teller counter and ordered a bank employee to remove cash from multiple drawers at two teller locations. He made off with approximately $6,700 in cash. In addition to the 39-month imprisonment term, United States District Court Judge David N. Hurd also imposed a five-year term of supervised release to begin after Maybank served his term of imprisonment. In addition, the defendant was ordered to pay restitution in the amount of the money he stole from the bank and was required to pay a money judgment in the same amount. New York's legislature has taken a critical step toward adopting a constitutional amendment that would bar discrimination based on pregnancy outcomes or gender expression. Supporters say the provisions are intended to protect abortion rights and a person's right to seek gender-affirming care. The proposed amendment passed in both houses Tuesday afternoon, clearing the way for it to land on New York's November 2024 general election ballots for voter ratification. The legislature gave initial approval last summer. It was the first step in the state's amendment process where lawmakers have to pass a resolution twice in order to send it to voters. The Justice Department and eight states have filed an antitrust suit against Google. The suit seeks to shatter Google's alleged monopoly on the entire ecosystem of online advertising as a hurtful burden to advertisers, consumers, and even the U.S. government. The government alleges that Google's plan to assert dominance has been to neutralize or eliminate rivals through acquisitions and to force advertisers to use its products by making it difficult to use competitors' products. Google's parent company, Alphabet Inc., says the suit doubles down on a flawed argument that would slow innovation, raise advertising fees, and make it harder for thousands of small businesses and publishers to grow. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, snow before 5 p.m., then rain, snow, and freezing rain. A high near 34 degrees, 100% chance of snow could see around 4 inches. Tonight, rain possibly mixed with snow showers becoming all rain after 7 p.m., a low near 33 degrees, wind gusts as high as 34 miles per hour, 80% chance of rain. Tomorrow, a slight chance of rain and snow before 8 a.m., then a chance of snow. Cloudy with a high near 35 degrees, 50% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, a slight chance of snow before 7 p.m., then a slight chance of snow showers between 7 p.m. and 1 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 22 degrees, 20% chance of snow. And Friday, mostly cloudy with a high near 33. Friday night, cloudy with a low near 25 degrees. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Dancing in the Snow, Wednesday morning, Bob Joseph live at WNBF.
Oh, you wanted to hear a little bit more? Okay. All right. I hope you have enough dancing in the park in for this Wednesday. Welcome, 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 welcome. Our number is 607-772-1290. The email address is bob at wnbf.com. And as always, we invite you to participate. It's an interactive program. Although they claim I'm a facilitator, I also am a resident. So since I live in the Binghamton area and since I was born here, you know that I care about you. (laughs) I do. So there, I care about you. And I'm working for you every day, asking a few questions. I know you think, Bob, someday, don't you think you're going to run out of questions? To which I reply, new, never. More questions, more often, will elicit more information and make you a more informed citizen of the United States of America. The more information you have, the better off your life shall be. So, as always, don't don't think for a second that the job is done. Yes, we have managed to accomplish quite a bit, but there is still much more to be done. All right, let's take a look. Um, some emails here. A partnership announced by someone. Okay. I'm sure that'll be on the news tonight at 6. Here's a member of Congress who is upset because he hasn't raised enough money yet. He's only been in Congress for three weeks, but he wants my money. Uh, Let's see. Uh, There's that. Ixnay that. Here's another one. Uh, fast food restaurant thinking it will get free publicity no not here uh, oh it's just in for those who read and those who love libraries the broom county public library is closed because of the weather here's uh <laughs> oh ron from binghamton let me see oh Ha! <laughs> uh, Ron, I hope you call in about that, because when I saw that announcement from the fourth floor, I just shook my head. This is, that's what we've come down to. And yet it makes the front page of the Daily Blower. So, But, you know, as far as this being a meaningful breakthrough for America... In my opinion, it's not. I don't find it to be a meaningful breakthrough. It it seems like a giant waste of our time. Uh, But, you know, Ron, I think Ron understands, and I think most Binghamton residents understand, you know, yes, it's, it's just fantastic that now Binghamton has entered the 21st century quarter of the way through the 21st century we we now have entered it so congratulations to the 
people who run things. In the meantime, will they answer questions about issues of importance to the city residents? Let's see. Any other pressing email business here? (laughs) Pressing email business. Somebody. Oh, somebody wants to set up an appearance on the program. Okay, that's a good news. Um, looking at our website, of course, we um, now have posted the interview from Monday with SUNY Broom President Kevin Drum. Uh, many people heard it, but a lot of people didn't catch it. So, by popular demand, the interview with Kevin Drum which you may have heard live on Monday, and it's now posted at WNBF.com. That's a rather lengthy interview, but covered a lot of ground. So if you missed it, or maybe you heard only a portion of it, you can now go to our website and hear it in its entirety. Of course, uh, one key point that Kevin Drum made on the program is Even though the headlines scream, merger, 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 Will Robinson, the operative word is integration and collaboration. So uh, apparently apparently it's not going to be a merger. It'll be more collaboration, more integration. I suppose they can consolidate certain offices and certain departments and Thereby bring about cost savings and pass those cost savings on to you, the taxpayer. It's 918 at WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. Now, looking at the website, are the Amish planning a mass exodus from New York? Not sure why it focuses only on the Amish. It seems like... There already is a mass exodus from New York. A mass exodus from New York. The Amish. Are they planning a mass exodus? That story is on WNBF.com. Are journalists planning a mass exodus from New York? Well, they might. <laughs> I don't know where they've gone, but there aren't many journalists left in New York, so... I think you could put all the journalists in New York on one of those Greyhound buses and we can all go down to Florida. No, not Florida, Tennessee. I'm not going to move to Florida. I don't want to be a Florida man. No. <laughs> no, thank you. It's 919. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Bob Joseph live a Wednesday morning from News Radio, WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and. Always available on the free WNBF app. Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. And we're joined live by Karen Sweet O'Neill. Good morning. Bob? Oh, hi. Hi. Sorry, I had to 
had to brush the snow off the phone. Oh, you're outside. You're doing a remote. <laughs> no, I we just have a problem with the roof here, so don't, oh, don't mind me. Fun, no, I, I said the one thing they said, whatever, don't mention it on the air because it's a sensitive thing. So I, right. I won't. Oops. Wait, I just mentioned it on the air. Everybody disregard that last eight seconds. Anyway, good morning. Everything is working fine here at WNBF. And uh, I I would swear to you, Karen Sweet O'Neill, on a, a stack of a dozen yellow page directories, there is not a single problem with the roof. Huh. All right, then. I believe you. Good morning. I'm Bob Santos, and I support that mm. message. <laughs> what a nut, man. Oh, what thank you. Thank you so much. Re- really. Yeah. Wait, wait till, oh. t- wait till, Bob Joseph late night uh, tonight from midnight to three. I hope people tune in for a special broadcast, and they'll see, they'll see how I, I can be, in the early morning hours. I'm telling you, he's so bizarre. It's kind of hard to actually, <laughs> you know, do one up on him because it's like, wow, it is. Truth it is. is stranger than <laughs> I know. You know, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna wind up having his own variety show on. CBS, and they'll host it at the George Santos Theater. No kidding, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's not why you called. You have some Probably important not. advice I for do. our listeners. I do. You know, um, for the past uh, the past month, there were a couple articles in the paper, and I like to, you know, take different bits and pieces of information that might pertain to our les- listeners and then consolidate it. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. And we're going to talk about if someone asks you, you know, uh, to be their executor or their executrix and you say yes, you better be prepared because it's a very, very big job. And what you want to do if you do agree to do that, and it's a wonderful thing if you can do it for a loved one or sometimes it's like a distant cousin or even a neighbor that doesn't have anybody around them and you're close friends with that neighbor or what have you. So if you're going to be in charge, if somebody passes away of their estate, you want to make sure, if you can, to get all your ducks in a row as best you can with that individual or couple before they pass away. So you want to ask, you know, where are all the important papers? Like, do they have a trust? Do they have a will? Um, Is it updated? Birth certificate, social security information. What about their life insurance policies? That's very important because some people say, well, they'll just know. The company will just know if I pass. And you know what? No, they don't. And then that money just stays in the company until an executor, executrix, a beneficiary contacts them upon your, your, um, upon your death. What about military discharge papers? You know, do they have to have a safety deposit box? What about Facebook? What about all their other digital accounts? You know, sometimes a lot of people have, um, and especially nowadays, Bob, they have auto, you know, auto um, disbursement from their checking accounts to pay for their bills and so on and so forth. But where is that from? What bank accounts do they use? You know, what financial institutions? And all of that. And also, do they have a living will? Do they have, you know, a health care proxy? And that's an individual that they name that can make medical decisions for them when they are incapacitated, if they so should be, and they 
are to carry out their wishes. So that's pretty darn important. If you can prearrange a funeral, memorial service and burial and all of that also will be very helpful when that person passes. Now, you know, it's a difficult subject. Everybody knows that because nobody wants to think, oh, my goodness, you know, I am going to pass away someday. But if you're being asked or you know that you're going to be in charge of a person's estate when they pass, don't be shy. You know, start to get this information ahead of time because it will help you and help them to know that everything is being distributed according to their wishes. Now, you know, after the fact, you want to make sure that you contact their financial advisor, their tax uh, preparer if they have one, uh, their life insurance broker, anywhere there's financial holdings, um, the VA if he's a veteran, and so on and so forth. So point of the, the conversation is it's a big endeavor to undertake, but it's a, it's a very nice gift that you can give someone if you can make them feel secure enough that their, you know, their property, their estate, and their health is going to be looked after by you if you are the person that's going to be in charge. So very, very important to have some conversations, maybe put some things in play so when the time does come and they do pass, that it will make it just that much easier because it's a difficult time emotionally. So if you can, you know, lessen that workload, Bob, then that decreases the stress level considerably. Also, when can you change your Medicare coverage? Getting a lot of phone calls. People are saying, geez, I went for this plan during open enrollment, which is October 1st, or excuse me, October 15th to December 7th, and their plan was effective January 1st of this year. And they say, oh, I made a mistake. I don't think I like the plan that I did. Can I change this? I'm an IBM retiree. I I didn't join their plan. Can I do that now? And, you know, how do I go about this? And, you know, or do I have to wait another full year to, you know, this October 15th to December 7th? And the answer is no, you do not. If you have a Medicare Advantage plan, there's an open enrollment period, and it's from January 1st, and it ends on March 31st. So let's say you bought a HMO um, plan from an ABC company, and, oh, your providers are all at Guthrie. And guess what? They're not in your network, and you never checked, and you didn't know that. Well, you certainly probably don't want to, you know, change providers as much as you want to change insurances. And, yes, you can do that. You can get into a different Medicare Advantage plan, or you can go back to original Medicare with a supplemental plan. So it's, uh, and when you do that, let's say you did it now, it would be effective February 1st. If you do it in February, it'll be effective March 1st, and obviously if you do it in March, it'll be effective April 1st. But there is a deadline for that, and like I said, it's March 31st. Also, if you have these types of plans and you come into what we call a SEP, which is a special election period, that's a time in your life when you have a major life change. Can you change your health insurance? And the answer is yes, you can. So you can go off your employer coverage, you can get on original Medicare with a supplemental, or you can take a Medicare Advantage plan. Or if you have via benefits and you thought you were getting money from IBM this year and all of a sudden you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not, you can join their Medicare Advantage plan and we can walk you through any of those things. It sounds... (laughs) Well, I'm... 
again, I'm just again. No, I'm just you know brushing the snow off. But again, I want to emphasize again forcefully: there's not a problem with the snow in here. I mean, every studio should have a little snow from time to time. Absolutely, just a little. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's going to interfere with my ability to do my jobs. I highly doubt that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Anyway, for those who would like to contact you today, uh, by the way, I, I know we have bad weather, but is there a way for people to contact you today, or do they have to wait until the snow melts? <laughs> KSO Insurance Solutions <laughs> is open, and we can always be contacted because we know how to pick up our messages and all of that good stuff. They can call us at 607 772 they can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information will come up, or Bob will borrow one of your phone books. They'll borrow one, and they can go to a phone book, and we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. That is fantastic. Thank you very much. And again, whatever you may have heard, there there is absolutely no issue here with snow, in my opinion. I'm glad. So, I'm glad. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. Hey. <laughs> Please do. Just of the dogs, not the phone book. Oh, yeah. 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 And everybody now is talking about the dogs. And now, you know, because of their global celebrity. Notoriety. And was notoriety, that's it. You know, whether it's Australia or England or Seattle. Amazing. Oh, people are just, you know, that's what people have been talking about. And now, now the dogs... They know. Uh, I don't know how they know because I, I didn't go into detail, but they understand. And now they're referring to each other as, uh, you know, my co-star. That's, so <laughs> next thing you know, we're, we're going to be negotiating with Taylor Swift for her next video. And then that's when it gets interesting. That's when, oh, yeah. that's when my legal team will be taking meetings with her legal team. But in the end... We're going to cobble out an agreement. Who knows? They're liable to perform with Taylor Swift during the uh, big game halftime show. Wow. So, that would be Rihanna. Yes. Yes. Come I, on, Bob. Keep up. Well, I heard Taylor Swift was going to do a, an instant show between the third and fourth quarters. But, I again, oh, yeah? that's what I heard with my dogs. So my that's what oh, I well. – that's the rumor. On the street, you know, I mean, you know what they say about having animals in with you—they <laughs> steal the show. And they do. Don't do it, Taylor. Yeah. Don't do it. Well, it'll be great for me because the dogs will be cashing in. Taylor Swift, on the other hand, will wa- <laughs> want to know why her star suddenly faded because the dogs generated far more buzz than than her performance did between the third and fourth quarters. Right. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Very good. Hope you have oh, a great day. God. You too, Bob. Karen Sweet O'Neill, live on News Radio WNBF. Now is your time. If you have a phone that isn't covered by snow, you can call 607 772 1290. And if you had a, have a bad case of laryngitis, you can send me an email at Bob at WNBF.com. This is News Radio WNBF. I'm Mark. Just I remember. 
WNBF at 937. Dale from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Morning, bro. Hi. I'm just uh, talking about um, thinking about the insurance and everything, and you know, get everything set up. And I don't want to um, leave uh, stuff. To, I don't want to. Uh, I want certain people that need help. You know. Oh, so you want to make arrangements? Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good idea. Plan ahead. I think so. And I have the number here, 772-4898. Yeah, that is the number. Area code 607-772-4898. And that's how you can get in touch with Karen Sweet O'Neill. And so she can talk with you and give you some uh, important information, some of the uh, things that she just touched on uh, a few um, minutes ago. Yep, and uh, she, she convinced convince me of that, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not about, like I'm expected to happen or anything, but, jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, does does make sense. does make sense to make some plans. So otherwise, what's... What's going on? Did you take a look at the snow? I mean, this snow now is, oh, is just, it's falling, and I, I don't like it because it doesn't look like the snow we had the other day. Monday's snow I thought was beautiful. This snow looks like it could be dangerous. Yeah, they're coming over the bridge and everything, you know, the trestle bridge and everything in Shenango Street, and uh, they're really slow. I mean, it's coming down big time. All right. Well, how, how much how much do you think we're going to get there over? Because that's over near the um, isn't that near the the train station, the old uh, Lackawanna train station? Yeah, the the whole roof is covered. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and all the cars covered. Oh my now. goodness! Oh. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, if you venture out today, uh, be careful. If you go out for uh, a walk or whatever, just uh, take it easy. Okay. I'll be all right. All right. All right. Uh, Yep. Thanks for calling in. It's 939, Bob Joseph at WNBF. Whether it's snowing or whether it's sunny and beautiful, it's always a good time to think about Miller Motors, the Miller Auto Team on the Parkway in Vestal. They're there for you day in, day out with uh, new vehicles, Used vehicles, vehicles of all kinds, all colors, all sorts of features. So if you're looking for a new Honda, a new Honda? Now a new Honda or a new Hyundai, you can uh, see what they have to offer. Some vehicles uh, probably are on their way to the dealership on the parkway across from Binghamton University, and they may not yet be claimed. So check it out. See what's on the way. And... Also, if you're more interested in something that was previously owned, you can get some good deals from their used vehicle inventory.
And you can check out the options as well on the website, MillerAutoTeam.com. Miller Motors, they've been there a long time, and they will be there to serve you for a long time to come. The Miller Auto Team on the Parkway Investal. It's 941 Bob Joseph Live. Our number is 607-772-1290. Or feel free to send an email to bob at wnbf.com. Uncle Sam. Nine forty-five with Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Matt from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. How you doing today? Good. Hey, I, I've just been thinking a lot about Ron DeSantis and his moves uh, he ma- he's making to uh, whitewash history in in Florida. And I I just thought of something that I think would work. It's like just the educators should just change the course to white history because it really. It's not black history, it's white history. For instance, on November 2nd, 1920, a whole bunch of white people went into Ochi, uh, Florida, and it's called the Ochi Massacre, um, when it was election day, and they were uh, attempting to uh, exercise their legal right to vote. And all these white people went into uh, that community and killed 50 people who were trying to vote. So that's not black history, that's white history. So uh, the thing that's going to traumatize white young people is their own history. So just, you know, and the people in Florida who are teaching African-American AP history, just change it to white American AP history and tell the same story. Then what do they do? They go through and excise the truth because that's the truth. We also know about the Rosewood massacre that was – Many more people died and wiped out a whole town in Florida. And uh, not to mention how many lynchings there were. They were all done by white people. So let's just call it white history instead of black history, and then we'll be okay. Well, you know, it's Florida. I don't understand Florida. I don't. There was a, a woman, and they just put this on the on the news. She got trapped in a. I don't know, like one of those drainage pipes not once or twice but now for the fourth time i don't understand florida there's something about florida governors and florida men and florida women and it's fine i mean that that's what makes that's what makes america great that we have 50 fine states and they all have their idiosyncrasies you know i'm sure they in florida i'm sure they they tell jokes about New York guys, but some of the stuff that goes on in Florida with the uh, men and women of Florida, as well as their governors, uh, sometimes and even senators, sometimes it makes you wonder what's in the water. Right. Well, a book that I really would recommend that uh, could be under white history is uh, Thurgood Marshall, The Groveland Boys, and The Dawn of a New America. It won the Pulitzer Prize, and it's really the 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 story of a young Thurgood Marshall and what he did in Florida is called Devil in the Grove. And it's incredible. And it was a New York Times bestseller. And uh, it tells the story of white history in Florida. So let's start teaching uh, or, or let's condemn white history in Florida. Uh, then we can't teach any history because it's all the same history. It doesn't matter whether you call it black history, 
It's just the fact that now people, before white history was sanitized to the point where nothing was taught about any of these. Um, you know, and there's some good things that happen, but there's also bad things that happen. Why are we afraid of our history? Well, so, but it's it's in a similar fun. way, say here in, in Binghamton, we need to also acknowledge some dark moments in our history, some things that happens that really now in 2023 we can acknowledge were shameful. For example, the activity with the Ku Klux Klan in the uh, early 20th century. Now, it's, it's something that makes many people uneasy, and some people in Binghamton, the Chamber of Commerce, or some other people, maybe people at City Hall, would like us never to bring that up, but occasionally we should bring it up. I'm not saying we bring it up every day and dwell on it, but I think, say, that the students in the Binghamton School District should be taught about that. I don't know if they are. I hope they are. So our history, our local history and our nation's history can be taught to them so they understand what's happened in the past and hopefully can avoid making similar mistakes. Well, it's all, again, like I said, let's just flip the coin. It's all white history. These are what white people were doing uh, at that time. And and they were totally empowered. So why is it called black history? It should be called white history. And then, uh, or let's just call it history. <laughs> right. And then we won't have to worry about uh, whether it's, as long as we teach the whole history, then what are they going to do? Say we can't teach history? You know, it occurs to me, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, if he's uh, so fixated and infatuated on establishing educational policy, maybe he should step down as governor of Florida and uh, put in an application so he could become the state's education commissioner if he wants to um, interfere with the proper teaching of the young Floridians. I I would that's uh, although if he got that position, it would be not good. <laughs> no, it would no, I, it wouldn't be good, and I I don't think I don't think he's. He stands a snowball's chance in Tallahassee well, of getting that job. That's what he's really trying to do. I know, I know, and I think it's, I, you know, he should stay in his lane. He might be one of Florida's best governors, as they say, that's damning with faint praise. But still, you know, focus on governing the state of Florida and leave the educate educating to educators. You know, there are people, there are teachers and administrators in Florida, I'm sure, who are better qualified to decide the curriculum issues than Governor Ron DeSantis. If he wants to opine, he can put in an op-ed piece in Florida Today newspaper. Let him run it on Sunday, and that way people in Florida can see what Ron DeSantis thinks about educational policy. That should be the extent. Right. In my opinion. And again, I'm not a Florida guy, so in the end, I, I, my opinion carries no weight to anybody. It's just a guy trying to brush the snow off a microphone here in Binghamton. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much. It's 951. This is News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Welcome.
9.55 at WNBF with Bob Joseph. New York Times, they still have a food section, which is nice. I remember when in Binghamton we used to have a food section. The uh, food section cover today in the Times has uh, a picture of a salad. And the picture is so delightful that I'm tempted to go have a salad for lunch. Of course, lunch is still two hours away. Still, I could go for a good salad right now. Roasted squash salad with avocado green goddess dressing is aided by a quick soak of radicchio in ice water. News Radicchio 1290. Hey, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is John, and I live in the city of Binghamton. The city of love. What's uh, what's on your mind? <laughs> Lightning Strikes, a great comeback record. Hit number one. Lou Christie, baby. Yeah, uh, an unexpected uh, hit. Uh, you know, Bob, who's going to defend Christendom? Uh, and uh, by that... Uh, I'm talking about nation states uh, where the majority of uh, the population is uh, Catholic or Christian, whatever you want to call it, Orthodox. Uh, And the defense of Christianity is a very, very important uh, subject, I think, in light of Russia. You know, uh, and I, I just... A couple of the countries, I mean, the Middle East, uh, the Arabian Pacific, uh, they're not going to defend uh, Christendom, certainly. Uh, Israel uh, might on a quid pro quo uh, basis, uh, which leaves... Now, here's here's who would be the likely defenders of of Christianity. Uh, Russia, Greece, Spain, uh, Bavaria... Uh, France is a, probably a maybe no. Now, who's not going to defend Christianity is the Scandinavian countries, uh, the British crown, uh, you know, and on and on. Uh, Italy uh, probably will defend Christendom. But, uh, you know, uh, this is an important point that Russia's making, and uh, I think they've learned from the Hitler playbook. Had Had Hitler went after Britain, uh, in the beginning, rather than going uh, to Poland, how he would do it, I don't know. He, uh, but uh, uh, that probably would have been the the winning move here. I don't think uh, a man of history like Putin uh, is going to. Uh, he's going to wipe these countries. He's going to give these countries uh, thy just punishments. Let's keep in mind that God works through everybody and anybody, and if God decides. Uh, that repentance, that chastisement, that punishment is in order, he will accomplish this. And uh, right now, if you if you look at the mechanics of it, who is for Christian ideals? Who is for uh, uh, timeless morality? It's the Russians. It's Putin. It's it's not the Fox News network. You know where. Uh, <laughs> where uh, most of the hosts are divorced, you know, <laughs> it, it's not those people. Uh, so I, I'm just uh, 
you know, I'm just telling you right now that this, this, this the Putin is, uh, you know, as, as our president would say, this is no joke. Well, and, it is uh, no joke. But the thing about Putin is he, he needs to get right with the world and stop the war. And then maybe, maybe he can redeem himself. But at this point, he has so much blood on his hands. Uh, unfortunately, I think, I think we know the first line of his obituary whenever that's written. It's not going to be pretty. More coming up on this Wednesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, January 25th. You're listening to WMBF. People could be moving into several dozen new apartments in Tioga County in the next few weeks. The 93-unit Owego Square Complex is located off Route 434 on the south side of the village. The site is just east of the Court Street Bridge. The project is being developed by Home Leasing of Rochester, which received about $13 million in financing from New York State. The new apartment building was constructed near the Owego Gardens Complex. That 62-unit project opened in January 2017. Home leasing representatives won't discuss any opening target date or any other details about the Owego Square Apartments, but the first residents are expected to move in during February or March. Although major construction activity is concluded at the complex, work has been continuing to address minor issues. A housing lottery for Owego Square was conducted last April. The complex includes one-bedroom, two-bedroom, and three-bedroom apartments. Home Leasing's website describes the new units as affordable apartments. Most of them will be allocated to people who meet the resident selection criteria for low-income tax credit housing. SUNY Broome Community College President Kevin Drum says work continues to develop a plan to better integrate the school's operations with Binghamton University. Drum said he expects there will be a greater collaboration between the university and SUNY Broom Admissions Office. In a WMBF News interview, Drum said athletics would always be separate. They have to be. He added that the actual formal governance have to be separate because that's all required by accreditation and state education law. Drum said the talks of any kind of merger aren't realistic, so it's unfortunate that got out in the news. The SUNY Broom president was asked about the long-term prospect of the community college actually merging with Binghamton University. He said there's a remote possibility, but it isn't likely. He said it's not necessary to achieve what we'd like to achieve. Drum said a merger would be a heavy lift. He said changing the laws in Albany to do that would be substantial and might not ever happen if anybody was even interested in that at some point down the road. Drum said he and Binghamton University President Harvey Stenger met with John King, the new SUNY Chancellor, a few days ago to discuss the concept of closer collaboration between the schools. Drum said he doesn't expect any formal announcements about new arrangements between SUNY Broom and the university in the foreseeable future during my tenure, most likely. Drum last spring announced he planned to retire as SUNY Broom president this year. He's served in the post since February 2010. He said his actual retirement date will depend on when a successor is chosen and is able to begin work. Mayor Jared Cram on Tuesday announced a pilot program making Blue City garbage bags available for online purchase and delivery through Amazon. Blue bags remain for sale at local grocery stores, pharmacies, and City Hall. Mayor Cram said Binghamton residents now have the option to buy city garbage bags in bulk online and have them delivered to their front door. It's a small but meaningful way we're improving city services for residents, especially those who have difficulty leaving home and bringing local government into the 21st century. Thanks to the team at Waste Zero for working with City Hall to make an important city service more accessible and convenient. Residents can order 20 large city garbage bags through Amazon for $33.60. Delivery is free. Waste Zero, the city's blue bag vendor, works with more than 400 communities nationwide on refuse collection. 
The company's pay-as-you-throw trash program, like the one used in Binghamton, aims to reduce municipal solid waste and increase recycling. Binghamton is the first municipality to offer online purchasing of waste zero bags to residents. In Broome County Court, Mitchell McCormus, age 40, of Binghamton, was sentenced to one and a half to three years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted criminal possession of stolen property in the third degree. McComas admitted that on January 31st, he drove a 2020 Ford F-150 truck stolen from Halstead, Pennsylvania, to Best Buy in Vestal. He entered the store and stole a television valued over $300. An investigation led Vestal police to a residence in Binghamton where McComas was arrested. McComas was previously convicted of grand larceny in the fourth degree in 2018 in Broome County. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said rather than be a productive citizen, this defendant repeatedly chooses to steal property from others. McComas must now be held accountable for his criminal behavior. William Maybank, age 56, of New York City, was sentenced to 39 months in federal prison for robbing a key bank location in Utica, New York. In previously pleading guilty, Maybank admitted that in August 2019, he robbed a key bank branch in Utica, New York, by pointing an apparent revolver at bank employees and a bank customer in two cubicles outside the teller counter. He then jumped to the teller counter and ordered a bank employee to remove cash from multiple drawers at two teller locations. He made off with approximately $6,700 in cash. In addition to the 39-month imprisonment term, United States District Court Judge David N. Hurd also imposed a five-year term of supervised release to begin after Maybank served his term of imprisonment. In addition, the defendant was ordered to pay restitution in the amount of the money he stole from the bank and was required to pay a money judgment in the same amount. New York's legislature has taken a critical step toward adopting a constitutional amendment that would bar discrimination based on pregnancy outcomes or gender expression. Supporters say the provisions are intended to protect abortion rights and a person's right to seek gender-affirming care. The proposed amendment passed in both houses Tuesday afternoon, clearing the way for it to land on New York's November 2024 general election ballots for voter ratification. The legislature gave initial approval last summer. It was the first step in the state's amendment process where lawmakers have to pass a resolution twice in order to send it to voters. The Justice Department and eight states have filed an antitrust lawsuit against Google. The suit seeks to shatter Google's alleged monopoly on the entire ecosystem of online advertising as a hurtful burden to advertisers, consumers, and even the U.S. government. The government alleges that Google's plan to assert dominance has been to neutralize or eliminate rivals through acquisitions and to force advertisers to use its products by making it difficult to use competitors' products. Google's parent company, Alphabet Inc., says the suit doubles down on a flawed argument that would slow innovation, raise advertising fees, and make it harder for thousands of small businesses and publishers to grow. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, snow before 5 p.m., then rain, snow, and freezing rain. A high near 34 degrees, 100% chance of snow could see around 4 inches. Tonight, rain possibly mixed with snow showers becoming all rain after 7 p.m., a low near 33 degrees, wind gusts as high as 34 miles per hour, 80% chance of rain. Tomorrow, a slight chance of rain and snow before 8 a.m., then a chance of snow. Cloudy with a high near 35 degrees, 50% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, a slight chance of snow before 7 p.m., then a slight chance of snow showers between 7 p.m. and 1 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 22 degrees, 20% chance of snow. And Friday, mostly cloudy with a high near 33. Friday night, cloudy with a low near 25 degrees. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph Live on a Wednesday morning at News Radio. WNBF. 
WNBF extra pepperonis on mine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. More calls more often, 607-772-1290. And let us not dawdle. We begin the hour with Ronald in Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. I have ordered my Binghamton garbage bags from Amazon. Uh, I think Jeff Bezos is making America great again. Yeah, it's nice that the city of Binghamton is uh, going to enrich the guy who's planning to sell the Washington Post so he can buy the Washington football team. So remember, with every purchase of those official trash bags, you'll be uh, going to enrich the guy. You'll help pay for his purchase of the Washington NFL team. And so the next time that a Washington football team uh, employee sustains a serious head injury, know that you have contributed to that organization. Oh, Bob, I know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Now, here's my thing. I go to Wegmans, and I've got a list, and I go through Wegmans, and uh, I've got on the list, I've got to get Binghamton bags, you know, got to put my garbage out. So I do my shopping, and now they're not in the aisle anymore. You can't just grab them and put them in your cart. You've got to ask the cashier when you're checking out to get your Binghamton bag. So I go through the register and forget to ask her. I'm just doing, you know, paying and putting my card in and my telephone number and my blood type to get my uh, stuff done. And I walk out of the store. And what did I forget? Binghamton bags. So if I'm in my car, I got to come. I got to come back. I have to have the Binghamton bags. I ran out. So this is a service. This is a vital service to us uh, elders in the community. You know, because we can't be running out there in the winter, slipping on the ice in the parking lot to get our Binghamton bags. So Jeff Bezos, in in his uh, charitable profundity. Is taking care of that for us. And you know what would be nice what? is if the people in the city of Binghamton no longer had to pay for these trash bags. You know why in all of Bromontauga counties, why do the poor people in the city of Binghamton have to go out and buy specialized trash bags when, generally speaking, most people, actually most people in this great land of ours, the United States of America, most people don't have to buy official government-issued trash bags. You know, I think it's, I'm sure whoever came up with the idea thought she was clever, but the problem is 
that it's an inconvenience to thousands and thousands of city residents. Sometimes, and I've heard the cases where people have gone to stores that are supposed to have these official government-issued trash bags in stock, and sometimes they're not available. The other thing I've heard over the years is that the overall quality of the official government-issued trash bags sometimes is is not good it's it seems to have been over the years inconsistent so the question some people ought to ask is why in the 21st century that the people of binghamton are in the minority where they have to actually obtain official government issued trash bags you know where is the justice where is the peace well bob uh, as far as the tensile strength of the trash bags, I think it's, they're pretty good. And I think anybody, especially a, a public uh, radio host, you know, knocking our trash bags, well, that, that's just poor rubbish. That's, that's just rubbish, Bob. Oh, uh, now you're talking, talking like a British presenter. It's rubbish. I heard, I was listening to uh, a BBC talk show. Oh, no, it wasn't BBC. It was on one of their commercial competitors called LBC, uh, which used to stand for London's Best Conversation, but now they, they're on across the country, so it's just, uh, I don't know, they rebranded. But still, they have some interesting talk shows. And a government official had been accused in a scandal. And the official's spin mistress put out a statement saying it was rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs> those accusations, yeah. those charges are simply rubbish. And you know, Bob, that reminds me, when I put out my rubbish, I drag it out of my garage. That's how they say garage in, you know. Uh, well, in, what do they in, call in, them, actually? Um, and, and in across the pond, they're not. They're not uh, parking garages. What are they called? Because um, oh, I remember, I know somebody, somebody will tell me. I, I can't remember what the, what the British call their parking garages. But, um, and, and, of course, all you know, the comparisons between U.S. English and British English are, to me, always fascinating. I, I like the lift. The, the lift, lift, yes. Yeah. yes. So, and, and, uh, rubbish. That's rubbish. Yeah. Um, you know, they also drive on the wrong side of the road there. Well, I know some people who do the same thing on Riverside Drive. I've seen him. Oh, it's called a car park. That's what it is. A parking garage in British English is a multi-story car park. Because I remember, I remember as though it were yesterday, when that guy was running around streaking, I mean naked, in the um, Binghamton parking garage in December uh, a few decades ago. So that was one of those stories that mysteriously I sent to AP, the Associated Press, and suddenly it was on every radio and TV station in the country as one of the kicker stories of the day. And it was even picked up by a British publication... And they rewrote it. So the guy who was running around naked in our um, parking garage here downtown 
in the first week of December. By the time one of the London tabloids got done with the story, it claimed it was a naked Santa. Now, one, one aspect of the story was they said the cops told me he was wearing sort of a either a red scarf or a red hat, but it wasn't described as a Santa cap. But the British wanted to embellish the story, and so it was a naked Santa running around a multi-story car park in New York's Binghamton District, or as probably the British presenters called it, the Binghamton District. Yes. Uh, You know, Bob, uh, speaking of English uh, terms, uh, the other day I saw a young lady uh, pushing a pram along Riverside Drive with her baby in it. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Bob, one last thing. Yeah, yeah, please, please, as, 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 as though we haven't done enough damage already. Yes, one more thing. Yeah, well, actually, again, uh, I, I was just going, you know, to mention the bags and get on to my main topic, which we never do anymore. But I, I will mention just this one little thing for consideration. Um, uh, just uh, earlier, Matt called and talked about a book uh, that won the Pulitzer. And I, I just wanted to point out, I, I, I'm, I'm a little tired, not of Matt, of course, but of hearing Pulitzer. It won the Pulitzer. Well, you know, you've got, uh, there was a Janet Leslie Cook, 1981, for the uh, Washington Post, uh, fabricated a story, won the Pulitzer. Uh, there's a, yeah, a about the eight-year-old boy who was using heroin in her Jimmy, vivid Jimmy, imagination. Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy's World. Yeah, Jimmy's World. And then you have the New York Times on Russiagate, you know, getting Pulitzers and so on. Now, the Pulitzer is is not, in and of itself, a criteria for, uh, uh, for greatness. Uh, there's plenty of fraud and favoritism and nepotism in the Pulitzer. So, you know, let's... But, Let's leave out, you know, it won the Pulitzer. That doesn't do much for me in an argument about whether a book is good or reporting is good. Examine it on your own. See if it uh, uh, passed, uh, you know, passed muster. Uh, A Pulitzer in itself does does not greatness make. All right. By the way, I looked up that story about the guy who used to run around naked over at the yeah. parking garage. So and it's always nice when a story that I submitted becomes fodder for uh, a shocked nation. And um, and I see it was actually almost 20 years ago. It was in March 2003 that all this was going on. And I look on the Internet, and the headline that some people... On, at news organizations around the country. I love this, because he kept... The problem was, he didn't do it once or twice. He apparently did it about 20 times. And so, over a period of months. And so, the great headline on some of these stories, as I look it up from 20 years ago, it says, Naked Jogger in New York Continues Streak. It says, The Naked Jogger of New York has struck again. His latest appearance was in a Binghamton downtown parking garage around lunchtime, just as temperatures rose to nearly freezing. And, as in each of his previous runs, he eluded police who rushed to the scene. 
an employee told WNBF News the streaker has been seen running around the six-level parking garage at least 20 times since last August. Police say they can't figure out how he's able to get dressed and emerge from the garage undetected. And so they put the, their best and the brightest people on the case, and to my recollection, they never did make an arrest. It's still an open case. Now, you sent that story uh, through to the AP, correct? <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, they don't call you uh, Scoop Joseph for nothing. Well, I also was responsible for the Vaseline guy story up at Motel Slicks. One one other story, and maybe uh, you can talk to this story about this, or maybe you've covered this before, but do you remember, I think, Bob, it would have been uh, early 80s, I'm not sure, maybe late 70s, do you remember in Binghamton we had a gentleman going around the streets and running up to women and biting off their fingernails? Do you remember that? No. Oh, Bob, I'm not kidding. Oh, that sounds... No. That yeah, sounds it, like a product of your imagination, Ron. Bob, it's not, Bob. The <laughs> thing... In, I'll tell you, because I I worked at... At that time, I worked at the Binghamton... Oh, I shouldn't say this because you'll think I'm an inmate rather than a worker. But I did work at what was called the Binghamton Psychiatric Center. Uh, that's why I came down to Binghamton from Buffalo to take a job, which was located in the Castle Building there at the Binghamton Psychiatric Center. And I had a colleague who worked there, uh, a um, nice lady who worked with me. And one day she went to lunch. And she was attacked by the fingernail man. And he would come up to people on the street, on the, on the sidewalk, and say to women, uh, that he'd ask for directions. And when they put out their hand, he would bite their fingernails. I kid you not. Uh, are you looking up that story? Yes. Yeah, I'm trying, but but I'm with with no success yet. So, approximately what year would you well, guess well, this was going on? I'm going to say, Bob, it was either late 70s, mid to late 70s, or early 80s. I'm, I'm going to go with mid, mid to late 70s, but it could have been early 80s. And there was a, a fingernail biter who was uh, attacking women. He didn't do anything else to them. He just bit their fingernails. You know, they have the, you know, you, you got the long fingernails, the plastic manicure fingernails, and he, he had a penchant for for fighting them. Now, I, I bet there's a viewer in your audience that might remember. It's that. very sensitive. Did they ever catch him? You know, I don't know. I wonder if I he's know. related to the guy who was jogging around naked at the parking garage. Sounds like the same no. guy. It's interesting that we never saw the two of them in the same room together. That's like birds of a feather of sorts. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, fortunately, nobody outside the Binghamton district is listening to the program, or else they would come away with a bad impression about the region, when in fact, we have only the best people. Oh, no, that's Mar-a-Lago. 1026, WNBF. Good morning. Dave and Vestal, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning there, Bob. Well, that was food for thought. I just I, I I was laughing when Ron said they used to work. You mean they let them get away? Up there? Hey, now. And I don't mean it. Hey. I don't mean in that way. I know. I know. I know. He's clearly, he's he's very talented and very, yeah, one yeah. one of the more intelligent contributors here on the program. Yeah, yeah. They, 
Yeah, he is. Very much so. But I called in with a little music tidbit for you today, Bob. A little music history, because I notice every so often you play Badfinger, and a few songs ago you did. I think it was Day After Day. But uh, I'm a huge fan of Badfinger. Uh, and something a lot of people aren't aware of, Bob, they didn't have a hit with this song here. They had it over in the U.K., but there's a guy here in this country that made it a huge hit, and, and his name was Nilsson. Do you know this song? It's a bad finger song. A lot of people don't realize it. Remember that song, Without You? Oh, it yes. Is, living. Yeah, actually, Nilsen, that that, that is that is true, and I had forgotten yeah. about that. I, I had, And I, I love Nilsson. Uh, on mm-hmm. several levels. He also has one particular song that you'll never hear on this station, but I think you know that song. But but it's still a good song, even though I can't air it. Wait, hold on. I know, I know. Wait, hold on. <laughs> well, I can't forget this evening. Well, there you go. There's the... Bad finger yeah. rendition, but you're right. That's, that, and yeah. it, it was a hit across the pond, but Harry uh-huh. Nilsson took it and and gave it his his twist, which I always love. But you know, it's it's mm-hmm. interesting. I just didn't realize that, or maybe I knew it and forgot it. But well, yeah, and they had a few hits, Bob. No matter what, uh, day after day, come and get it. How about Baby Blue? I mean, good song, good song. Um, well, the one thing that know, most people didn't know, and it's speaking of bad finger trivia, um, a New York governor at one point was their manager, Nelson Rockefeller, the guy who uh, was photographed giving the bad finger to those hippies up at the Binghamton Airport. Remember that when he was campaigning with the vice president, Bob Dole, or no, was Nelson Rockefeller vice president at the time, and Bob Dole, I think, was on the the ticket with um, Jerry Ford. I think that one shocking act of digital communication cost Jerry Ford the election. Real, real quick before I go, that song, Without You, matter of fact, I picked up, when I was in, uh, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think it was early 90s, and I picked up a Bad Finger book there, it was called Without You, and the book was dedicated to a, a member in the band that had committed suicide, and it's a good book, I have it somewhere, but uh, it's uh, really good, it gives you all the history of Bad Finger, and uh, quite a tragedy, it was pretty sad. Yeah. It's called "Without You," and it was named after the song. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't realize that. Well, yes. There's just, always. Just letting you know. Well, thank you for the uh, sure musical education. Ten thirty with Bob Joseph live on WNBF. If you have thoughts, our phone lines are still working. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. You're listening to News Radio WNBF ninety two one FM twelve ninety AM and streaming at WNBF dot com.
Dr. Fauci, can I get like a shot or something to relieve this belly ache? Now let me get this straight. Put the lime in the coconut, you drank it up. Put the lime in the coconut, you drank it up. Put the lime. It's no wonder Tony Fauci retired. I'm getting calls like this in the middle of the night. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's uh, 10.33 at WNBF, and we are serving you right here at your radio station. Uh, remember, it's going to snow a bit more, so if you're concerned about the snow, stay tuned. We'll keep you posted with the latest weather information as well as road reports today on WNBF. I never... If I could write you a song to make you fall in love, I would already have you up under my arm. I used the ball of my tricks. I hope that you like this, but you probably won't. You think you're cooler than me. You got designer shades just to hide your face, and you wear them around like you're cooler than me. And you never say, hey, yo, remember my name, and it's probably because you think you're cooler than me. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the number. Back to the lines now. It's Dave and excuse me. It's Tom and Endwell. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Hey, I'm well. What's up? Um, I was just listening to your show when you had Matt Ryan on, and you know he was kind of throwing a dig at uh, DeSantis about Black History. The I don't problem- know that it was a dig. I think he was being directly critical of Ron DeSantis and what he thinks uh, ought to be taught to Florida school children. It's not a dig. It was uh, a criticism. No, because what they want to teach is something to do with, like, queer black or something like that. And DeSantis thinks that's not right. So, you know, I just wish that when, you know, he wants to go tell his story that he would, like, you know, tell the truth. The same thing with, you know, when it comes to, like, black history, the Democrats want to spread their version of black history. And now, if you look at the massacre in Wilmington and then go Google who was the president during that massacre, it wasn't a Republican. And when it comes down to, like, the Ku Klux Klan, the Democrats were so in in cahoots with the Democrats in the past. And now they want everybody to believe that. The party switched platforms. It's it's not even true. It's false information. And, you know, you need to stop that. And and the funny thing is when the Democrats want to talk about slavery, they say the white man. So basically what they're saying is all white men were racist and this, that, and the third. It's not true. The Democrats were in in cahoot with, with the Ku Klux Klan during the slavery, all the way from to Andrew Jackson, nicknamed AKA Quick Knife. And and so what can we do about that? And and tell me, Tom from Endwell, how is that relevant to what's going on 
on January 25th, 2023? To keep spreading false information about racism. Who? Where? Why? Not this station. He just said it, the white man. Stop using the word white man and say the word Democrat. No. It's not the Democrats that are responsible for racism in this country. Come on, man. Okay, okay. So maybe, maybe you know, go back to journalism and, and start digging into the truth of, of racism. Not all white people are racist. Stop saying white Nobody people. has said that on this program. I've been working on the program now for more than a decade. I don't recall a single person who has said all white people are racist. When you say, when you're using the word racist, and then you use the word white man, what are you saying? doesn't mean that all white men are racist. Some people are racist. Not all people are racist. Some people of any specific political party or some people not affiliated with a party and some people, regardless, sadly, of their education or other background, can be racist. Nobody, nobody has managed to have uh, a, a complete mandate when it comes to racism. Fortunately, percentage-wise, very, very few people in this country truly are racist. Yeah, and not very many people know the truth about slavery. There was a lot of black slave owners in America. I think the largest amount of slave owners were black. The first, the first legal black slave over owner in America was Anthony Johnson. Hey, that's why we have the Internet. I'm not going to go over the, the sordid history of this country, more than two centuries of racist history in this country. I don't have the time or the, the stomach for that. Well, stop letting people spread conspiracy theories. That's ridiculous, Bob. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's why our, our whole world right now is in turmoil oil because you turn on CNN, MSNBC, all they talk about is racism, racism, racism. They want, they want to spread their version of racism, and they want to spread their version of slavery. Instead of speaking the truth, and the problem is, if the truth came out about slavery and the true racism, there'd be so many people that wouldn't even know what to say. Well, I'm sure as people learn more information, they'll be able to make a thoughtful decision about what to think. I have no doubt that most people have the intellectual capacity to decide what to think based on the information they acquire over a long period of time. It's 1041 at News Radio WNBF. More calls more often. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name and where are you calling from? Sorry, I had to call back since my name was invoked. Matthew uh, T. Ryan, former Binghamton mayor. Yes, you're responding to what Tom said? Yeah, look, I have never said, first of all, anybody who reads history knows that the Democrats that the Republican Party used to be the party of Lincoln, and, and, and then what happened in the South when civil rights came around, yes, it was Dixocrats, it was Democrats. I am not afraid of that. I'm a proud Democrat now, but I know my history. That's the whole point, is to teach real history, to teach what happened and not be afraid of it, and not say that it's going to damage our children if they know the real history. The whole purpose of teaching history, Tom, is to 
I shouldn't get so personal. But the whole uh, purpose of teaching history, in my mind, is to make sure that we understand our history and hopefully that we don't make the same mistakes that were taught that, that happened before. And there's no doubt, look, at, I'm a Catholic. Father Coughlin, one of the biggest Nazi sympathizers, was a Catholic. And he had the biggest radio audience in the whole country. Uh, and he and he was a pro-Nazi. Uh, so does that mean all, you know, it's just about teaching history so that we can understand it. Um, so many things, you know, whether it's a few people that are racist, uh, those over 4,000 documented lynchings, uh, tell them it's only a few people. Uh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't take a lot. We saw what happened on January sixth. That doesn't take. You know, a few thousand people can almost overthrow the government. Doesn't matter how small the numbers are. It matters that we understand that there's these forces who don't care about democracy, who don't care about uh, individual rights, and they want to you know, have what they want to have. And the reason we're talking about this is because we have people like Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and all those um, wannabe autocrats who want to, who don't give a damn about, uh, you know, freedom of speech and don't give a damn about anything. They, they couch it in freedom of speech, but they don't give a damn about it. They want to stifle speech. And how, how what clear example of Ron DeSantis trying to kill all the kind of, history classes in Florida. He doesn't, you know, it's just a cynical move to get the right-wing base of that he hopes won't be with Donald Trump anymore to, and Tucker Carlson, he's totally uh, devoid of any sole people who have an agenda mostly to make money. Well, of course that's their agenda. Right. That's in, in the United States, some people do have... A political agenda at at in on some level, but almost everybody, not everyone, but I would say the vast majority of people over the age of eighteen in the United States ultimately their agenda is to make money. Right. Right. And by the way, the Democrats could, if they never switched from being uh, against uh, civil rights to for civil rights. We would be controlling the whole country right now. For We would have never had the split we had. It was the fact that we, as Democrats, decided that civil rights was an important issue and that we couldn't keep uh, doing what we were doing if we wanted to form a more perfect union. And, and oh, by the way, African-Americans weren't going to stand it anymore uh, and, 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 you know, weren't going to let it happen. And our cities were burning. Everything was happening. So we were the ones that switched because of studying history, because of being exposed to the racism and, and people showing, uh, you know, how, how bad it was by going into lunch counters and having their heads bashed and attacked by dogs and fire hoses. And we saw the light and the, we've gone one way and the Republicans have gone another. Some Republicans. Always, always point out, so sensitive people uh, who are Republicans listening in the audience, or in some cases conservatives listening in the audience, you know, not everybody who's Republican and conservative can be painted with a broad brush, just like those who are Democrats or those who are progressives can be uh, used, you know, described with the same broad description that you might hear from 8 to 11 on cable news. Right, I, I, I do 
I make that distinction. Yeah, yeah. and and you know, I mean, we'll just we'll say some high-profile people, you know, and we know who they are. It's not a secret. Thank you. That's Matt Ryan, former mayor of Binghamton, ten forty-six at WNBF. Let's take more calls. If you have thoughts, we'll try to get as many calls on today till noon. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. DJ uh, in Binghamton. I wanted to say the caller who called just before Matthew T. Ryan about the word white and all that. I have never, I've been listening since 2000 and I came back here from Peoria, 2001. I have never heard anyone so right on like that caller. He had everything right. Those words are racist. They divide the public schools, push them. And it's horrible. I said it before on your show. Nobody's black. Look at your cell phone. Your cell phone's black. I Googled the dark, and this isn't why I called. I called about Za on um, Glenwood Avenue. You know what Za is? If you Google who are the darkest-skinned people on Earth, they live in a place called Sudan. And And they're not black, but they're dark, 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 dark brown, and they're beautiful. And in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah called him. He said, who, who shall go? And Isaiah, Isaiah said, send me. And it was to Sudan to reach a smooth-skinned people. They were called the smooth-skinned people. And if you Google Sudan and look at the people, they are gorgeous. And they're as dark as a human being can get. And we're European, so I would use the word you know, European. I don't use white anymore. I say European, German, Polish, whatever, because there's no shame in my game. My dad's German, even though I have black hair. My mom was Navajo from Colorado. So that caller, you are right on, brother, and you keep up that good work because people need it. Now, ZA, Z-A, Z is in zebra, A is in apple, which I'm eating right now, is on Glenwood Avenue. And yeah, you don't have to give the exact location. So what what do you think about the ZA? <laughs> well, I wanted you because you're so you're you're a lot of fun, and you you know you remember Russ Limbaugh. You take your formerly nicotine stained fingers and and Google the word or, or no, go on. I went on Urban Dictionary because I don't know what it means. I didn't know. Well, what it means. I just, well, um, I'm afraid I'm afraid to even have you put on the air what it means. We probably shouldn't have said it. Probably means something something inappropriate. But if some, I'm not going to say what it is. But it's okay. A well, at, it's a what? It's a little shop or Yeah, I know. I've been in there. By the way, they don't do interviews. The big guy doesn't want to do an interview. No, no. No, no. Well, why if if you run a business, why wouldn't you want to do an interview with a local journalist? Oh, I know because when you urban dictionary what the I uh, 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 don't don't force our listeners to do that. I don't want anyone to be offended. Uh, yeah, I'm out and about. But anyway, yeah, I've heard I've heard your news readers. I'm not going to mention her name. The one that's not there anymore. White people and the white a white man was charged with something. That's horrible. Well, hey, sometimes it's relevant to a story. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. If something, if the police indicate something could could have been racially motivated, sometimes it actually can be appropriate to include that in the news story. The word is Caucasian. Hey, this is this is the news in 2023. We'll follow. We'll file follow the style guide, the style book. This is not. It's not the dictionary. This is not Webster's dictionary. So we'll file the the currently acceptable guidelines that are in place, and you know 
You can look up what the currently acceptable guidelines are. As far as journalism is concerned, there's consistent journalistic guidelines for most organizations in the United States. So, you know, people know. People know what the reference is if they hear it or read it. Who was the caller before Matthew T. Ryan? I don't know. You'll have to listen to the podcast tonight and find out. Okay. <laughs> That's why we have the podcast for people like you. We'll have some fun in the snow, man. It's nice out here. All right. It's 1050 with Bob Joseph on WNBF, the Associated Press style book. You can get one for yourself. I'll order one online, and that way you can see the uh, generally accepted guidelines for most reporters in the USA today. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a trademark. You see the guidelines for most reporters in the United States right now. The Associated Press style book. You could order it uh, on an 800 number. Order it online. Order lots of copies. So I'm, I'm looking now, according to the uh, blurb online, the AP style book now is 600 fine pages. So go go get a copy. And that way you'll know. Sometimes people say, why are most stories in this country, why are they written a certain way? Well, in most cases, it's because of the AP style book. By the way, some journalists do have some strong feelings about certain (laughs) guidelines that are contained in the style book. But, you know, and they do evolve over time. (laughs) Every... Every month there are changes, and sometimes you shake your head and say, why? And other times you say, oh, about time. So, anyway, yeah, go go buy a copy. Let's see, the Associated Press style book. Yikes. I don't think I have a current one. I better get, better get some more copies. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Helen. And I'm from the South Side, Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. I love your show. I just can't believe what I heard from Ron. I just want to make a statement. I want to confirm what Ron said about the fingernail biter is true. It happened to me when I was working at the Philadelphia Sales in Johnson City. He approached me, he was a young man, and said something to the effect to bite my fingernails. I did get away fast. I thought it was so weird. I can't believe that this came up. What year do you believe that was? So the Philadelphia sales was at 333 Grand Avenue in Johnson City. So what year do you believe that was? I believe it was the same year. Uh, late uh, 70s or the early uh, 80s. Was, I'm 90 years old now. I remember it. How it how, how old do you think the guy was? Do you recall about his approximate age? I, I, oh, yeah. I believe maybe about, oh, at that time, about 27 or young in his early 20s, I would say. A young man. And you were you were out, where were you? Were you out on Grand Avenue or were you in the parking lot? No, I was working. He was in the store. 
I was working in my aisle, straightening up the material. I worked in the material department, and I was straightening up, and he approached me in one of the aisles. And did he say anything? Uh, no. When he said that, I just got away fast. I never did report her. I just got away. I just thought, this is weird. Well, had you heard of anybody else having that that kind of an encounter before or, or after no. your... No, I never heard of... Even when he said he heard he was around, I had never heard of it before. I found it very, very odd. I mean, nobody can really explain strange behavior. And over the decades, I've seen a lot as a reporter in this town. I've seen it all. Well, no, Mm -hmm. clearly I haven't seen it all. But I don't recall even hearing about this. So he... Ron suggested that there was some sort of media coverage of this. Did did there ever happen to be any kind of news story about Johnson City's finger fingernail biter? Oh no, I had never heard of it. I I didn't hear anything about it. No, just when it happened to me at that time, no. I hadn't heard anything. What department of the store? Because I I, I used to go to that store with my mom to get irregular socks, and popcorn. Oh, yeah. Well, that the popcorn was on Clinton Street. I worked on the Grand Avenue. We didn't have the popcorn. Oh, no? I, I thought the- there was popcorn over in Johnson City. Okay, well, we went to both stores, and then they opened up the one in Endicott, and I didn't like the one in Endicott because that was too new. It was too fresh. I always liked the... I, I was a traditionalist, so I like the one at 90 Clinton Street in Binghamton's First Ward Bass, but I also like Johnson City Store. But I, I thought I thought J.C. had popcorn, too. Uh, no, we had a lunch counter, but we never had the, the popcorn. No. I wonder why. But I don't know. I think they asked many times, but we never did get it because I worked there 27 years. Hmm. So... Um, this uh, the situation with the 27-year-old guy who bit your fingernails, were there witnesses? Oh, no, he didn't bite them. He asked to have, and I got away. No, he didn't. Oh, he didn't. No. Oh, oh, so there was no, no contact. No. So, so tell me, to the best of your recollection, what he actually said. Say, pretend I'm you, and it's like... Mm, I'm working at Phillies here in Johnson City. And then, so what, as you recall, so many decades ago, what what do you think he said? I think he said, can I see your fingernail or can I bite your fingernail? Something very close to that. And that's why I got away fast. Oh, no, he didn't because I, I got away quick. I would have been horrified. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was weird that he did that. Mm-hmm. And he seemed like a nice young man. Well, they often do. They mm-hmm. often present as, as the guy next door. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. And he didn't do anything. You know, he must have just left. I just got out of there. Yeah. So the so the fact that this came up on the program today in 2023 it, were you 
shocked, devastated? I mean, is it upsetting, or is it at this stage, decades later, more more amusing that it came up on the program? I think it was more amusing that I just couldn't believe that it came up on the program, and I said I just got a call and, and say it did happen to me because I never heard of the a fingernail biter. And I thought, I can't believe I was shocked. Well, it just goes to show there are a million stories in Johnson City. Oh, yes, yes. It was the weirdest thing, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing that he brought that up. All right. Well, that's why I'm glad I come in every day. I'm here to to actually facilitate these discussions, even if sometimes we get into somewhat sensitive territory. Oh, yeah, I love your show. I've been listening since the Tony's days. I love your show. I love it, too, and I plan to stay for a long time because what I what I have come to learn, and I really appreciate this, almost every day on every program over the course of three hours, I learn a few things. They may not be big things, but sometimes they help to educate me about, about the area that I, where I've lived all my life. Sometimes I get the impression I know it all, and then at the end of any given program, I come to find out there's a lot I still don't know. Oh, I have learned a lot from your program. Definitely. Very interesting and informative. Well, that's my goal. That's the mission. Well, Helen, thank you for your recollection, and I, I hope that you uh, have a great day. And keep listening, because there's going to be more to learn next hour. Okay, thank you, Bob, and you do a great job. Thank you, Helen. 607-772-1290. This is Educational Radio. I'm your instructor and facilitator, Bob Joseph. On News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, January 25th. You're listening to WMBF. People could be moving into several dozen new apartments in Tioga County in the next few weeks. The 93-unit Owego Square Complex is located off Route 434 on the south side of the village. The site is just east of the Court Street Bridge. The project is being developed by Home Leasing of Rochester, which received about $13 million in financing from New York State. The new apartment building was constructed near the Owego Gardens Complex. That 62-unit project opened in January 2017. Home leasing representatives won't discuss any opening target date or any other details about the Owego Square Apartments, but the first residents are expected to move in during February or March. Although major construction activity is concluded at the complex, work has been continuing to address minor issues. A housing lottery for Owego Square was conducted last April. The complex includes one-bedroom, two-bedroom, and three-bedroom apartments. Home Leasing's website describes the new units as affordable apartments. Most of them will be allocated to people who meet the resident selection criteria for low-income tax credit housing. SUNY Broome Community College President Kevin Drum says work continues to develop a plan to better integrate the school's operations with Binghamton University 
University. Drum said he expects there will be a greater collaboration between the university and SUNY Broom Admissions Office. In a WMBF News interview, Drum said athletics would always be separate. They have to be. He added that the actual formal governance have to be separate because that's all required by accreditation and state education law. Drum said the talks of any kind of merger aren't realistic, so it's unfortunate that got out in the news. The SUNY Broom president was asked about the long-term prospect of the community college actually merging with Binghamton University. He said there's a remote possibility, but it isn't likely. He said it's not necessary to achieve what we'd like to achieve. Drum said a merger would be a heavy lift. He said changing the laws in Albany to do that would be substantial and might not ever happen if anybody was even interested in that at some point down the road. Drum said he and Binghamton University President Harvey Stenger met with John King, the new SUNY chancellor, a few days ago to discuss the concept of closer collaboration between the schools. Drum said he doesn't expect any formal announcements about new arrangements between SUNY Broom and the university in the foreseeable future during my tenure, most likely. Drum last spring announced he planned to retire as SUNY Broom president this year. He's served in the post since February 2010. He said his actual retirement date will depend on when a successor is chosen and is able to begin work. Mayor Jared Cram on Tuesday announced a pilot program making Blue City garbage bags available for online purchase and delivery through Amazon. Blue bags remain for sale at local grocery stores, pharmacies, and City Hall. Mayor Cram said Binghamton residents now have the option to buy city garbage bags in bulk online and have them delivered to their front door. It's a small but meaningful way we're improving city services for residents, especially those who have difficulty leaving home and bringing local government into the 21st century. Thanks to the team at Waste Zero for working with City Hall to make an important city service more accessible and convenient. Residents can order 20 large city garbage bags through Amazon for $33.60. Delivery is free. Waste Zero, the city's blue bag vendor, works with more than 400 communities nationwide on refuse collection. The company's pay-as-you-throw-trash program, like the one used in Binghamton, aims to reduce municipal solid waste and increase recycling. Binghamton is the first municipality to offer online purchasing of Waste Zero bags to residents. In Broome County Court, Mitchell McCormus, age 40 of Binghamton, was sentenced to one and a half to three years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted criminal possession of stolen property in the third degree. McComas admitted that on January 31st, he drove a 2020 Ford F-150 truck stolen from Halstead, Pennsylvania to Best Buy in Vestal. He entered the store and stole a television valued over $300. An investigation led Vestal police to a residence in Binghamton where McComas was arrested. McComas was previously convicted of grand larceny in the fourth degree in 2018 in Broome County. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said rather than be a productive citizen, this defendant repeatedly chooses to steal property from others. McComas must now be held accountable for his criminal behavior. William Maybank, age 56, of New York City, was sentenced to 39 months in federal prison for robbing a key bank location in Utica, New York. In previously pleading guilty, Maybank admitted that in August 2019, he robbed a key bank branch in Utica, New York, by pointing an apparent revolver at bank employees and a bank customer in two cubicles outside the teller counter. He then jumped to the teller counter and ordered a bank employee to remove cash from multiple drawers at two teller locations. He made off with approximately $6,700 in cash. In addition to the 39-month imprisonment term, United States District Court Judge David N. Hurd also imposed a five-year term of supervised release to begin after Maybank served his term of imprisonment. In addition, the defendant was ordered to pay restitution in the amount of the money he stole from the bank and was required to pay a money judgment in the same amount. New York's legislature has taken a critical step toward adopting a constitutional amendment that would bar discrimination based on pregnancy outcomes or gender expression. Supporters say the provisions are intended to protect abortion rights and a person's right to seek gender-affirming care. The proposed amendment passed in both houses Tuesday afternoon 
clearing the way for it to land on New York's November 2024 general election ballots for voter ratification. The legislature gave initial approval last summer. It was the first step in the state's amendment process where lawmakers have to pass a resolution twice in order to send it to voters. The Justice Department and eight states have filed an antitrust suit against Google. The suit seeks to shatter Google's alleged monopoly on the entire ecosystem of online advertising as a hurtful burden to advertisers, consumers, and even the U.S. government. The government alleges that Google's plan to assert dominance has been to neutralize or eliminate rivals through acquisitions and to force advertisers to use its products by making it difficult to use competitors' products. Google's parent company, Alphabet Inc., says the suit doubles down on a flawed argument that would slow innovation, raise advertising fees, and make it harder for thousands of small businesses and publishers to grow. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, snow before 5 p.m., then rain, snow, and freezing rain. A high near 34 degrees, 100% chance of snow could see around 4 inches. Tonight, rain possibly mixed with snow showers becoming all rain after 7 p.m. A low near 33 degrees, wind gusts as high as 34 miles per hour, 80% chance of rain. Tomorrow, a slight chance of rain and snow before 8 a.m., then a chance of snow. Cloudy with a high near 35 degrees, 50% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, a slight chance of snow before 7 p.m., then a slight chance of snow showers between 7 p.m. and 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 22 degrees, 20% chance of snow. And Friday, mostly cloudy with a high near 33. Friday night, cloudy with a low near 25 degrees. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Joseph on WNBF on a Wednesday morning. Drive with care. Walk with care. Talk with care. But enjoy the beauty of late January in Binghamton, New York. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. For those who have some thoughts, we encourage you to share your thoughts on our radio program. In case you're new to it, we do this Monday through Friday, nine a.m. to noon. And although the focus tends to be on local issues, we will, on occasion, focus on the bigger picture. Of course. More missing classified documents are being found. This time, Michael Pence, former talk show host. Former talk show host Mike Pence, who was once the talk of Indianapolis, has uh, apparently wound up finding the uh, confidential documents. So, who next? Who next? You know, they should check out Kamala Harris. Does Kamala Harris have any secret documents stashed in her garage next to her Tesla? Just asking. I have no reason to suspect Kamala Harris. Heck, I think they even said Jimmy Carter had some confidential documents. I mean, if if Jimmy Carter can have confidential documents, then I guess we all can. I've just been handed some information <laughs> from from headquarters. Thank you, headquarters. It's always good to get a, a note, especially this, a handwritten note from headquarters. Anyway, 
I think the reality is, when it comes to confidential documents, I think all you need to do is start searching everyone's home and workplace. And if you look hard enough, you're probably going to find a confidential document. Probably. Now, Charles Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, says the big difference between the raid at Donald Trump's Florida estate and the way Joe Biden's handling the classified documents discovery says it's a tremendous difference. It's a huge difference. One cooperated fully with the authorities. The other uh, stonewalled for over a year. And the bottom line is simple. There are prosecutors in both cases. They ought to be able to proceed unimpeded without anyone pressuring them. All right, that's the perception from Charles Schumer. He's entitled to his opinion. 1118 at WNBF. Bob Joseph with you. Let's take a call. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. It's Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Hey, what's up? I got a question for you. Is it illegal to go and ask a, a store? To look at a surveillance camera because something happened. Or do you need a court? Or do you need a court document? Well, as far as whether it's legal to ask, I think it's legal to ask the store, but I think you're not likely to get access to the video if it's something that ultimately wound up being reported to the police the police would might have better luck getting access to the video but just a, an individual for example if i go in to a, a business and say i'm bob joseph i'm working on a story something happened outside the store or outside your office can i look at your video from between 11.19 and 11.20 this morning, and I would say most likely they're going to say no. In fact, I've, I've asked that before for stories, not recently, but there was one story in particular a few years ago where the video would have been very relevant to the story, not critical, but would have enhanced the overall story, and I contacted the business, and they were polite about it, but in the end, they wouldn't let me use the video, and I didn't blame them, but, you know, it's every business will make their own decision. But I think it's legal to ask, but you're probably not going to get access to it. Okay, I just wondered. Yeah. Oh, hey, I got to tell you something. A friend of mine lives up at Castle Creek Road, and uh, she, she went to bed early because... Uh, uh, her and her husband both uh, have COVID. When she and all of a sudden there was there was smoke coming out of her out of her trailer, and uh, and they called the they called nine one one, and they got her out in time. And they had the something about there was fumes in the trailer. Was that reported? Mm, I didn't hear the story, but uh, I don't remember anybody reporting it. But that's in this day and age, it's not surprising. Most most things that happen around here are never going to be reported. We don't have enough report. We have few journalists, and then also 
there there is a now. there is a conspiracy among some people, not everybody, but some some people who are in positions of authority, they actually work to keep stories from being reported. So, you know, it's kind of a it's a, a, a double it's whammy. A shame that, it's a shame. It's a shame that we don't have enough of reporters anymore. God, there used to be a lot of them. Well, there never were. There, there were more. There never were enough. But right now, there are way too few. And you know, those those who are still working are stretched way too thin. So that's that's the reality. That's the reality of life. Yeah. Do you think? Do you ever think that the that the press will come back again? No. No. No, because the company that owns it doesn't want it to. If if oh. Gannett, Gannett owns the press and Sun Bulletin, as far as I know, they have no plans to try to find a new buyer. So the, the only way the press and Sun Bulletin, I believe, could make a comeback is if somebody who cares about journalism and is willing to hire enough reporters and editors and photojournalists, if they care enough about journalism and can convince Gannett to sell it to them, heck, Gannett. Should just give it to them, Gannett, because I don't think they like running their newspaper anymore. Because they've cut it, not just cut it to the bone. They've they've cut it to the point where, you know, it's just. Hey, I I, I support. By the way, again, I want to make crystal clear. I one hundred percent support the people that are working for the Press and Sun Bulletin in any capacity. I'm with them, and I want them oh, to succeed. My yeah, and. But but again, for the if the paper is to survive, or at least the enterprise, it, it's not going to be printed for that much longer. But say if Press Connects, the website, the digital journalistic uh, treasure we have, if it's to survive and thrive, I'm afraid it needs a new owner. That's I think that's the bottom line. And I'm not being critical or harsh. It's just an observation. I I I just think that. Yeah, given the the harsh reality, that's that's the truth. So, if you know anybody around here who's a billionaire who wants to uh, approach Gannett about acquiring the newspaper and trying to beef it back up, you know, give it. Hey, I know it's not cheap. Hey, if it was if it was something I could do, I I would do it. I would make an offer and I would try to make the newspaper healthier and stronger so it could serve our community better so but again i'm just one person with a microphone in the snow on wnbf Eleven thirty, WNBF Binghamton. Bob Joseph with you for another 30 minutes. If you are thinking about participating, go ahead. Give it a try. 
give it a try. Try it. You'll like it. 607-772-1290. The National Weather Service has a winter weather advisory in effect for our region till 10 o'clock tonight. Here is the guidance. Mixed precipitation. Total snow, 3 to 5 inches. Ice accumulation. A light glaze. Winds will gust up to 35 miles an hour. Slippery road conditions. So if you're going to head home this afternoon, you probably want to slow down and maybe give yourself extra time. Locally heavy snowfall will mix with freezing rain and sleet late this afternoon, changing to all rain overnight. Snowfall amounts will be highest in higher elevations. So there, that is the guidance, a winter weather advisory in effect for another 10 hours or so. Here's the full forecast. Snow this afternoon, then rain, snow, and freezing rain. The snow could be heavy at times, high 33. Rain and snow showers tonight. Becoming all rain overnight, low 33. Cloudy tomorrow, slight chance of rain and snow in the morning. Then some snow later in the day. High 35, mostly cloudy Friday, high 33. Right now it's... 30 in downtown Binghamton at News Radio WNBF at 11:32. Back to the phones. WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Bob. This is Carol from JC. Hi. Uh, are we Are we on the air? Because you you were doing the news when I called. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm afraid you're. Really... I'm afraid you're on the air. Oh, gee willikers. Well, I wanted to call for a couple days about this. Uh, but today there were so many significant, important, and outrageous things being talked about that I probably missed about a third of it. But your weather forecast today, this is why I wanted to call. Uh, well, this is like I'm being a little facetious here. I know a way how we can save some money on the uh, cost of cars. Eliminate the turn signal. Just take it right off. People don't use it. Okay. I- I'm over with my facetious remarks. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> the weather. I, I, this is a perfect uh, segue to, to what I want to say. When we had that last snowstorm, like blinding snowstorm, uh, I can't remember because uh, I think it was, was it before Christmas? Uh, somewhere between Christmas and New Year? I can't remember. But I know there was a lot of snow falling. I was on the parkway and it was like stop and go, stop and go. Well, if we have the same situation now, I just want to say, people, Please put your turn turn signal. Please put your headlights on. Please drive slowly. Do not creep up to the back bumper of the car in front of you. These people are. I'm going to use a Polish word. Idioty. Okay, they're crazy. I, I'm. I, that doesn't mean what that word means. What I just said. It's idiot. That's idiot in Polish. Idioty. Okay. I cannot believe, when I'm going to Mass in the morning, it's like 7 o'clock. It's still dark out. People are on the highway, no lights on. What do they think this is? Nobody is, like, thinking. And I'll tell you, when we had that uh, snowfall here a couple days ago, I was out at quarter after 6 in the morning shoveling, and it was dark. A guy comes down my street off of Riverside Drive, no lights on, no lights. I And I looked up and I said, turn your lights on. He rolled the window down, slowed down, and told me to go F myself. Well, what so, do you expect? Uh, <laughs> Come on, no, Carol. What do what do, what no, do no, you no, expect? No. 
I expect people to use their brains and turn their lights on. Look, he didn't have his lights on, so you know you know the type of person we're talking about. So you yell at someone. You, no, I didn't. I didn't like yell. I just said it loudly. It people like don't want to be told, even politely, what to do. Oh my God! I don't care, but I'm telling. People well, I'm now. telling you. If you don't want Please somebody to, it. if you don't want You're someone to respond it. poorly, don't don't tell okay. them what to do. Because I don't care how old you are, whether you're two days well, old or twenty two years old or or ninety two years old. Nobody exactly. nobody wants to be told by anyone what to do. Including myself. <laughs> I, I exactly. I know, I know what it's, you mean, but, yeah. But, and but and, and as far as, as as far as his poor response, <laughs> impolite and uh, offensive as it may have seemed, it's it's predictable. I'm not saying he <laughs> should do it, but it's absolutely predictable. But so there is no common sense. No, there is well, none. I take that back. Yes. Well, there is some. Some of us still have it. But uh, but it just it has become so prevalent. Not using signals on on four lane highways, you know. Uh, but that's what your middle finger is for. Oh my gosh. No, not really. I don't. Well, I don't I'm saying for some people, some people don't. Some people don't want to go to the trouble of activating their directional single signal, and so they they do what Nelson Rockefeller did to the uh, SUNY Binghamton hippies. Yes, but uh, he gave the finger for what they were doing, and and it's like the guy that doesn't put a signal on is like giving his finger to us because it's just total inconsideration, to- total. I mean, it, it can cause accidents. If I'm out, and I, I do this occasionally, at 11 o'clock at night, I'm going to the M&T Bank to make a cash deposit because, oops, uh, you know, if I don't put this money in, there's going to be a, uh, a you know, a, a bounce check and a fee. I put my signal on when there's no cars around because partly there could be pedestrians. The the signal is also for the pedestrian, not just for a vehicle. Right? That's the, right. That right. So the the directional signals are designed to convey to the entire public in the area what your intention is and that's why here's another thing since we're since you started it what time no cars i put it on it's just a habit right since you started it i'll i'll continue the other thing that galls me is on the highway you're driving along minding your own darn business and somebody drives and passes you and they cut in front of you and then they turn their signal on after they've actually done the (laughs) lane change what what's the point the exactly. point of a directional signal, activate your directional si- signal, maybe 10 seconds or so, before you make a lane change or a no, turn. No, not 10 seconds. 150 or hundred Or whatever. Feet. Right. The, I mean, the bottom line is... Do that? That's don't, quite a few Right. Away. But the bottom line is, let people know in advance, use the signal, you paid for it, you may as well use it. That's my position, and nobody is going to sway me. Unless you've got ten bucks, and then tune in tomorrow for my revised opinion. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is our number. It's Snow Radio twelve ninety. Oh, and Snow Radio ninety two one FM WNBF. I stopped.
Joseph driving the Bob Mobile. Look out, America. Coming to your neighborhood. Jim and Endwell, good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Bob. On the topic of blinkers, when my when I was learning how to drive, my dad told me never trust people with their blinkers on. Reason being is how many times are you at a stop sign? You're you want to go straight or you want to turn and somebody has their blinker on to turn right. However, they're turning right at the next intersection. They just have it on before the intersection, before they're turning. And that really gets my goat. Yeah. Same here, man. Right arm. That's right. That's right. So if you're going to, when you use your blinker, use them appropriately. Absolutely. And by the way, (laughs) when, when you drive, obey all the vehicle and traffic laws. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I'm with you, man. That's it. Thank you, Jim. (laughs) Thank you. You bet. 11.43, Bob Joseph, WNBF, on your side. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Jesse from Owego. Hey there. What's what's going on in beautiful Tioga County? I'm thinking there's a full moon out there somewhere. I just can't see it with the clouds and snow, but... After today's show, I've come to the summation that I'm going through my old dusty VHSs, and I'm going to go watch the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's. Oh, I like that. That's that's one of the classics. Uh, Ron really set the stage this morning, let me tell you that. Between the finger-biting, the freaker. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, the finger-biting, that's, um, that's deeply disturbing. And I can't believe... I can't believe when that was all the rage that somehow I I missed it. I, I have to kick myself because that would have been uh, very, very important local journalism. Well, I, I think the craziest part about that is when someone was actually a witness to that and is 90 years old. That totally threw Well, think through. about it. You know, she's just minding her own business, listening to the radio, as she does every morning. And then that comes on, and imagine, imagine the shock that 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 suddenly came over her. That something that happened so long ago suddenly is being talked about in the uh, the harsh media spotlight. You know what? At least I know where I met Ron now, so everything's starting to make actual sense. I was going to say all the pieces are are falling into place. All right, well, keep an eye out there, and then we go. I I've been out there reporting. You're going to hear some very interesting stories over the next two weeks. Well, you know I'll be around, Bob. All right, buddy, does one day for a month. <laughs> Stay tuned. Eleven forty-five. More calls. More often. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yuxamash, Joe of Greater Ithaca. Morning, Joe. The uh, about distraction here. I think that's the whole thing. There's people with their lights off, or their or their blinker on when it shouldn't, or signal on when it shouldn't be, or or are not signaling, and all these kind of things. I think they just your mind is somewhere else, and that happens. I don't know they, how much intention there is to do that or not care. I mean, you see that all the time. With everything. Well, sure, and same with pedestrians and bicyclists. I think, 
I think we would have a much safer world if everybody improved their situational awareness. If you paid attention, if you paid attention to where you are and where you're going, my guess is you'll be safe and the other people around you will be safe. But if you're distracted, if, you, if you're focused on your phone or anything else, or even on one of those delicious sandwiches that they put out at the um, sandwich stands, if that's what you're focused on, well, then your mind is, is not paying full attention to the issue at hand. If you're driving, pay attention to where your vehicle is heading. If you're walking or on a bike, pay attention to where you're going. Plus, pay extra attention around you. Be aware of what's going on entirely, not just in front of you, but to your left, to your right, and even behind you. Situational awareness. I say their mind is on something else, like where they're going or what they're going to do next and so on. And everybody's done that sort of thing. You oh, know. I do it too. I, yeah. I, of course, that's it's human nature, but we have to do more to try to guard against it. I, I, I'm not claiming that it's easy to stay laser-focused on where you're walking or where you're riding a bike or where you're driving, but ultimately... The more focus you can have, the more likely everyone will go home unscathed. Yeah, well, some people are so poor they can't even pay attention. I, I know. That's true. And it's because they live in New York State, because Kathy Hochul took all our money. Yeah, got it all. So she could pay. Well, she could have somebody else pay for your attention. That's what we need. Yes. You know, maybe they could. Maybe they could distribute attention stamps. They pay for your attention. Pay me. Pay me two dollars an hour to pay attention. Short span of attention. What was a song about that? Short little little. Let me say it's about garbage. Everybody's talking about trash. Okay. I'll just give you somewhere else what they do things. In Cortland, they've come out now with these huge uh, trash cans, and what they have is a a machine that picks it up from the curb and empties it, and you can throw anything you want in it, and it's all concluded in taxes. But now you've got to haul that thing out in the wintertime to the curb, and I imagine how depending on how far your house is, you've got to drag that thing out. Yeah, well, that's true of a lot of places that are served by private haulers. You get these giant, giant trash containers, and then an even bigger recycling container. And it's like, what? What about people who are not physically able to to do it? Those things are are pretty big, even even when they're not full. If they're full, it becomes even more problematic. But that's that's the way America is headed, my friend. Well, I've seen some places where they have it uh, underground, so to speak. In other words, there's a hole, and it's a, there's a lid on it, and you just raise the lid up, and you throw it in the, the trash container is below ground, and then the machine picks it up from there. So you Well, where do they have that? In New York State? Florida. Yeah, well, it sounds. But the thing in Florida, you have those. Probably a Florida man would be living in it with his alligator pet. And, you know, you know what would happen. It would become a big story in the New York Post. Now, where I have it, you it's a private hauler, and you pay so much a month, and uh, you put a tag on it on each on each container you put out. 
and it has a weight limit on it. But put it, put whatever you want. Put it in a bag, not a bag. Throw it in any old way. Anything goes with with that. And I think that's pretty good. All right. Well, I'm going to go up to Cortland to see about their situation. I'm going to uh, talk with the mayor of Cortland see if they would uh, move to a bag system since it's so popular here in Binghamton. You ought to visit their newspaper too. They just put on two more. Uh, uh, not ed- editors, uh, news people. With the Cortland Standard one. hired two reporters? Yes. No kidding. More. They were trying to get them, and they just, you know, getting the people like that. And uh, there's an article in your paper about what they're going to do and so on. Uh, young, I guess young women with it. That, uh, oh, great. Are, I'm, uh, are, well, there, there is hope then. I, I thank well, you for calling that to my attention. Go to Cortland, visit their paper. All right. Well, let me know if you see the Ithaca Journal. If uh, the Ithaca Journal hires a reporter, let me know. They don't exist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sadly. Oh, well, such is life. Thank you, Joe. From Ithaca. It's 1151 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's uh, your first name and where are you calling from? Selena from Binghamton. Hey there. Hey, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but at night people are driving with their headlights off at the 200 block of Front Street and they're still using it as a racetrack. Well, I haven't noticed, but I'm not surprised that, that uh, you know, I, they might be drug dealers. Maybe they're yeah, selling, they could be selling drugs. Yeah, they're, they're going as fast as if they were on I-81. And they don't even, some of them just blow through the red light at the health department. <laughs> Aren't they afraid that they're going to uh, hit someone crossing Front Street? It, it's, it's happened before, a few years back. I know. I'm I'm afraid that... History will repeat itself, and somebody could be hurt or killed, and then, I mean, you can't put a price on on a human life. Oh, no, you can't. It's disappointing how people, maybe they got their licenses out of a Cracker Jack box or something. Or maybe uh, a Count Chocula box. (laughs) Yeah, Count Chocula. You see what I'm saying there? Or maybe a Cocoa Krispies box. (laughs) Could be. All right, well, be well today. I appreciate your call. Thank you. 1152 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Mark Florence Binghamton. Hey, Mark. What's up? How are you? I'm doing just well. To, uh, just listening to the show. As, uh, it's live on 1290, right? Right now? Yeah, and 92.1 FM. It sounds even better with frequency oh. modulation. I see. I was just uh, in, uh, listening in about the traffic issues, and I just wanted to... Uh, care about the traffic issue uh, a lot of people are are thinking that they can text now and stop you know at a red light when they're at a red light they do their texting because they think they're technically not driving now and then uh you know you got to honk the horn two or three times before they move and you see it all the time now so just wanted to share that's a big issue as well oh yeah and sometimes people are distracted through other things one time i was driving behind a guy i thought he was peewee herman and i'm i swear he was distracted i don't think it had anything to do with his phone Right, right. Well, I've been I've been alongside people, watched them text, and been pulling away, and the guy behind talking, he slams on the brakes, they jump out of their car. It's a real issue. They think every time they stop, they can text at a light, and it, that's when they do their text time. And then when the light turns green, you have a line of traffic behind, and then sometimes you even try to catch up or pull up behind them to catch the light. But because they sat so long texting, when it turns green, it's already halfway through the green, so by the time you get up to the light, you're stuck at a red light again. And they take off. Oh, so, man, that that makes yeah. me steamed. I mean, it makes you steam. Now you're sitting at a red light, and, and, and you're just praying. Oh, and then they're going on their merry old way. That's what galls they're, me. They're, they're, 
their poor behavior goes unpunished while I have to sit there at a, through another cycle. I don't have time for that. Right. It happened three times last week, right around the Johnson City Walmart, where you go to turn on Prospect. Yep. You know, where you're coming off, you drive down, the light turns green in the left-hand turn to get on a Prospect, and by the time you get there, because he sat for a minute or two doing his texting, you get up and it's a red light for you, and you're, you're caught and you're waiting again. So I know. It's a constant problem. All right. I hope people learn, thanks to the program. Thank you. 1154 WNBF, what's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Martin. Calling from Binghamton. All right, you got to be quick. We're almost out of time, Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, real quick. Just two things. Um, in the paper here, killing of journalists jumped by fifty percent in twenty twenty two, but um, most of that happened in three different countries throughout the world: Ukraine, Mexico, and uh, Haiti, and only one in the United States. Yeah, Las but Vegas. Was- that that investigative reporter in Las Vegas, they said was was killed by a, a local official who was upset by some of the uh, reporting on on the uh, alleged behavior of the, the uh, public office holder. Uh, well, there you go. It's involved in politics. But the other thing, real quick, about yesterday, I referred to uh, Jared Cram as uh, a... Uh, no, you don't, have to, you don't have to repeat no. what... But, okay. I, I, and yeah. I'm sure you regret that. Yeah, 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 but it was just you know how he, how he was looking on his station behind the people looking in. But he, you know, he looked at the youngest. I think what it is, it's his age that that is yeah. like he's probably one of these bulldozer children. You know, a bulldozer where their parents cleared away for everything, and it's like they're entitled. I mean, he thinks that he doesn't have to answer to anybody. He doesn't have to do that. You know, he's entitled to it. You know, I mean, because these other mayors were older. You know, and that's just my opinion, but I think it's kind of right on. All right. Well, that's an interesting observation. Uh, when he's on the program, I'll ask him about that. It's 1156. This is Bob Joseph. I'm on your side Monday through Friday from 9 to noon right here on WNBF. Uncle Sam. A splendid morning, and we will have another splendid morning tomorrow from 9 to noon right here on News Radio WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. Take it easy out there. Drive with care and walk with care. Listening to News Radio WNBF Binghamton.